KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. How have the airlines held up over the pandemic? And what should we expect as life continues to return to normal? How are the airlines positioned if we see a spike in demand this summer as vaccine numbers continue to rise? To talk about all this, we caught up with Dr. Benjamin Altschuler. He is an assistant professor at the School of Sport, Tourism, and Hospitality Management at Temple University. Really interesting conversation. Give a listen. So the last year, the last 15 months... How have the airlines handled it? How have they dealt with a complete plunge in demand, the finances? Uh, you know, what have you seen? Well, I think we've seen a couple of different things. Obviously, when this thing first started, there had to be major changes just really to get people comfortable with flying. We saw a lot of those airlines, a lot, most airlines in a sense, only having two people, you know, per row. So that middle seat remained empty. And I think that was that was something that had to be done because I, I think not only from a health perspective, but I think from a psychological perspective, people just didn't want to be around as close to people, that whole social distancing thing. So I think that was an important thing that airlines did. But let's face it, if airlines are not filling up their planes, there's a financial hit to that. So a lot of airlines kept that in place as long as possible, but then obviously had to move to trying to fill up their their planes to ensure that they were at least making some sort of money because you know, the numbers weren't good. I, I was just kind of going back just to kind of refresh my memory of what we're talking about in, in terms of not really negative numbers. And, you know, when the, when we really got into the pandemic, you know, middle of March, end of March into April, you know, April, May, June, July of 2020, I mean, we were talking about only 90,000, 100,000 people traveling a day in the United States via airlines. And if you look at that compared to 2019, I mean, that was a drop off of 2 million people per day. So, I mean, that's a pretty incredible thing to consider. So airlines have really had to take that into account. You know, I think the other thing that airlines have really had to consider is thinking about their schedules and the routes they're flying. Because, you know, like any industry, airlines have to make predictions a year out and determine what their schedule, not their schedules, but their flight plans and flight routes look like a year out prior to, you know, a season. So, a lot of airlines have had to consider where people want to go, where do they want to fly. Interesting news that just came out is that European Union is going to allow vaccinated people, in a sense, the officially recognized vaccines, to travel into parts of Europe. That's a, that's great. I'm really happy to see that. But again, for a lot of airlines, this is it's hard to accommodate that because they were making predictions based upon a year ago. So I think what we've seen is that airlines have done what they can do to kind of mitigate the financial impacts. But again, everything is about a prediction a year out. And who could have predicted that we'd see the success of these vaccines last July? I mean, it seemed like, you know, this was going to go on forever. So airlines have really had to consider those sorts of things. They've had to consider, you know, putting people back in the middle seat, which I think there's a psychological thing to that. But I, I do think we're overcoming that, especially as the vaccine rate ramps up. So I think airlines are getting back to a good place. If you look at the numbers right now, um, over the past, let's say two or three weeks, you know, end of April, leading into May, we're getting back to a million and a half, 1.6, 1.7 million people traveling per day. Now, again, that's great especially compared to last year. But again, that's still almost 500,000 to a million people off on average compared to 2019 when, you know, these airlines were just crushing it. Had the airlines lost a segment of the population forever? 
maybe through no fault of their own, but just people that just aren't ever going to feel comfortable again in a closed space like that, even vaccinated, even post-pandemic. I mean, the mind's a powerful tool. I 100% agree, Matt. You know, I think airlines are going to have to earn back a lot of people's faith. Now, let's, you know, I'm traveling in a month and I feel relatively comfortable about it, but I think airlines are going to have to continue to really focus on cleanliness and, and and these mask mandates. I mean, I think if you want people back on planes, like you said, the mind is a powerful instrument. People have to overcome these psychological issues. And even myself, you know, I feel pretty good getting on a plane. I'm still kind of like, uh, what, what's going on here? So I would say this. I don't think airlines have lost. I mean, listen, I think there's some people who are probably never going to go feel comfortable going inside and contain places. But if you look at how the numbers have gone up, even over the past five or six months, people want to travel. And I think they can be they can be brought back. But, you know, airlines are going to have to continually focus on that psychological issue, the cleanliness, the masking. And I think if that can be demonstrated, I think the numbers will get back up there. But like everything else we found from this pandemic, you can't just switch back on the economy. It seemed easy to shut it down, but you can't just switch it back on and get people feeling confident about themselves. So it's going to be a slog. But listen, we're there's 75 percent, you know, 60, 75 percent of the way there. So I think that's 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 good. That's a good sign. Are you surprised we didn't lose an airline through all this financially? I mean, you talk about that. You're talking 95 percent drop. And yeah. You know, are you surprised that we're, we're at the same place we were in 2019? I think when 20 when this pandemic hit, I think I would have been very surprised if you asked me this question. I mean, maybe you did ask me this question a year ago. I, I would be very surprised. But, you know, I think our government realized the importance of airlines, that they need to be, you know, they, they provide kind of lifeblood to this country in, in many ways as far as leisure travel and business travel. So, you know, our government at times, maybe we wish it moved faster with certain things, but I think they, they did step in and they did the right thing and supported these key industries. Because again, it's not just leisure travel or business travel, but it's the transportation of other things as well that is highly reliant upon our airlines. And again, I think airlines were smart. You know, they understood we can furlough people and do things like that with the intention that the minute things get better, we can bring you back. So I think there was everyone was pretty smart about this. But yes, in the beginning, I'm very surprised we we didn't see one of these airlines crash out. But as you think about the past year, maybe it's people were really smart. And maybe I'm not thinking back now. I'm like, I'm not that surprised that we didn't see one of these airlines kind of crash out or anything like that. Do you think and you talk about the numbers getting better, you know, to get back that last 20, 15, 10 percent of the market share? Could we see a push towards improving the flying experience past the cleanliness and and stuff like that but maybe a little bit more return to you know a little more uh bigger (laughs) snacks provided a little more where it becomes more of an experience rather than just getting from point a to point b like we saw the airlines used to be back in the 60s and 70s yeah, and I remember that growing up in the 80s i don't think it's such a bad idea for airlines to consider that but Again, I you know I hate to I hate to say it that you know a lot of this is economics, and we found that even when you think airlines are charging, you're like, oh, these tickets cost too much. You know, how much money are these airlines really making? They're not always operating that far above you know the red in a sense. So, 
I think airlines are, I think there's an element to that that can make people comfortable and get people back. But airlines, you know, let's face it, a lot of it is based on finances and adding in some of those extra elements decreases the, the profit. So I think airlines can potentially consider those sorts of things. But again, everything, you know, let's face it, it's business and everything is about profit, in, in, in my opinion, at least. So those are important factors that these airlines are going to have to consider. But let's see. I, I would be very hopeful to see if we can get back to kind of that feeling of what an airline, you know, the airline experience was like, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. You talked to, we talked, I think, in one of our earlier conversations about how, you know, you're still going to be able to fly from Philadelphia to Chicago and Philadelphia mm-hmm. to Dallas, but it might be those secondary tertiary airports that mm-hmm. it's going to be more difficult. Do you think will the ease of travel will, like if we talk in a year, Will the ease of travel be pretty much back to what it was in 2019 as far as getting flights pretty much anywhere in the continental United States without too much of a trouble? Or could it be kind of an obstacle course still? You know, I think there's some interesting factors to consider. And one of the interesting factors that I think we have to think about is that, and I used to always think this way too, is that airlines are mainly for, you know, leisure travelers and people like that. But I think one of the things that's been problematic is business travelers. And I think a lot of airlines, highly relied on business travelers because business travelers were folks who were traveling multiple times, maybe multiple times per month, multiple times per week, were willing to spend more money. So when you think about these routes, I think business travel, which was one of the fastest growing segments of the industry, drove a lot of this because business folks had to get to maybe some of these tertiary, secondary airports, and there was a need to accommodate this group of people. Now, on the other hand, what we're facing right now is we know that hybrid works or virtual I don't know if it works as well, but people can operate in a business manner from a virtual standpoint. So I think that's a really important piece of this to consider is that we need to get back. When you talk about that 15, 20 percent, that could be the business travelers. And we have to get companies comfortable with allowing people to travel for business again. And I think that opens up a lot of avenues. I mean, I think what's interesting to look at, I was just doing some research like where are people going this summer? Because we, you know, I think we were just talking about this is going to, you know, is this going to be an explosive travel um, uh, summer? And it's interesting. It's not. It's not major. Some are major airports, but some aren't. So like Florida is high on the list. Puerto Rico is high on the list. But then you have places like the Dakotas. You know, North and South Dakota. That would not have been a place normally that I would have thought would see an increase. But people want to get outdoors. People want to see the national parks up there. Wyoming and Montana. Anchorage. I mean, these kind of seem like these far off sorts of um, uh, airports and destinations. So I I think it's just interesting to think about who's seeing the bump and who isn't, because, again, much like the general economy, even though numbers are going up in terms of people flying, it doesn't mean every airport and every destination is seeing that increase. It's very, um, you know, it's very in flux. You mentioned the virtual. I mean, I think Zoom's been a game changer in a lot of ways because, I mean, I use it multiple times a day and first week of March, 2020, I might've had a vaguely familiar idea of the vague concept of what it was. Are airlines looking at the idea that business travel could be truncated forever? Cause I mean, I would imagine there might be a lot of, maybe not your huge companies, but your smaller mid-sized companies. Like, you know what, do we need to send Jack to Charlotte for three days when sure. he can just do a couple of Zoom calls? I mean, could that be life and what kind of impact would that have? Well, I think, again, business travel, you know, I don't think we always consider it, especially when you're not thinking about the dynamics of airlines. But business travel is huge. And again, 
you know, I can even think about some of my friends who did a lot of business travel and, you know, every week they were traveling somewhere else. I mean, it wasn't always by, you know, airline or airplane, but they were traveling somewhere to meet with clients every week to go somewhere. So these are people who, in a sense, really drove a lot of the airline industry because they travel a lot and they pay more as well. I would think airlines should have to think about that and take that into account because we don't know what's going to happen. Again, things seem great with COVID right now. I mean, if you look, I, you know, I look at the New York Times every morning to see where the numbers are and it's it's plummeting. I mean, it feels really good, but we always hear about warnings, what's going to happen in the winter and all of these things. So I do think it behooves airlines to consider that possibility. But at the same time, you know, I think Zoom is great, but there are many reasons why we do need to meet face-to-face. And I think companies have to say to themselves, well, if a competitor is sending somebody to meet face-to-face with a potential client, and that's going to earn me the contract or whatever we're talking about, I need to send somebody as well. What I do think airlines are really going to have to think about in terms of business travel is that business travel, at least for the foreseeable future, companies are really going to be considerate of who they're sending, you know, to different destinations. So I don't think it's gone. I think airlines would, you know, they're into forecasting and really considering trends, but, you know, we're just not going to see the massive amounts. And as you've said, I mean, Zoom works really well, but let's face it, there are some great benefits to meeting face-to-face. And I think right now, a lot of us would love to be meeting face-to-face. So I think it's going to be interesting. I don't have a great prediction. I mean, I've heard some people say you're going to see a boom in business travel because everyone's trying to get out and then get more into kind of this hybrid approach. How about the the overall airline workforce? I mean, you talked about furloughs. And I know, mm-hmm. I think when the one of the relief bills passed immediately, mm-hmm. was it American that said that uh, like 19, 20,000 jobs that were mm-hmm. on the chopping block we're not going to be on the chopping block. Do you yes. think, you know, six months or so, we'll see the workforce be about what it was pre-COVID? Or do you think it's reduced for a, a while here? I think it's going to get back to where it was. I mean, if we can get back to the 2.5, 2.6, 2.7 million people flying a day, there's going to be more demand. And I think if there's more demand, more flight routes out there, you have to have more people willing to work those jobs. So I think that's an interesting, you know, I think that will come back. And again, a lot of these airlines said, we don't want to cut people at all, but the financials and, and the impact, and we're not flying. I mean, there's just not enough airplanes and routes to to employ all of these people. But I think airlines were very, very upfront in saying that this is not something we want to do. It is out of complete necessity, but people's jobs are not gone. We just have to reduce our level of employees because we don't have enough work for them. I think what will be interesting to consider is, you know, again, this, this, these issues with international travel and things like that, because again, international travel creates a huge level of revenue for airlines. So, you know, I think that's going to be interesting in terms of what sorts of employees do we need because there's not as much international travel? Does that reduce international amounts of employees? You know, people, let's say for American Airlines who live and work in another country, is there a reduction of that? So I think those sorts of things are going to be very interesting to see. But you have to think if things start going up, there's more of a there's more of a demand for, you know, whether it's flight attendants or people working in the airports. I, I believe these airlines are going to bring them back. And I think they were very, very upfront when this all started that that was the goal. Let's imagine for a minute that the rosiest of rosy predictions <laughs> comes through and the next few months are as positive news-wise, virus-wise, economically as could be. Are the airlines could overwhelming could they be overwhelmed by demand? 
And when I say overwhelmed by demand, just like there are more people flying and you talk about how they have to hit the flight plans early, like where we're in a point where all of a sudden in the middle of the summer, we're hearing stories of nightmares, situations mm-hmm. at the airports where people are sitting for hours, if not days, because flights are getting canceled and all it takes is one. Is that a possibility just because of the the, the bounce back effect? Yeah, I mean, I think anything's a possibility. And I mean, you know, airline, like, I think, you know, again, I'm not an economist, but if you just look at the basics of what's going on is that we didn't even expect in general this sort of economic bounce back. And that's why we're seeing these issues of inflation and things like that, because demand far outstrips the supply right now, because we had no idea that, in a sense, we'd see this level of bounce back, that the vaccinations would be as effective as possible. So again, Airlines had to base, you know, at least had to base a lot of their predictions on a year ago. So I think those are that's possible. But, you know, one of the things we found when all of this started was that people still wanted to travel, but were finding different ways to travel. And what I'll be interested to see is that, you know, the trend was during this pandemic, if you traveled, it was very local. So you could drive there. It was very enclosed. You weren't around other people. So I think that's what's going to be very interesting. Are people still going to remain very localized in terms of their travel? Or do they really want to get out and you know see other parts of the country? Or if they can get to other countries, do that. So I think that's what's going to be a, a pretty big determinant on, on the demand. But let's face it, the numbers are going up right now. So listen, the rosiest of rosy could lead to something like that. But I think it's hard to say. And I think people are still really feeling out the, the whole situation. I know I am. What do you expect or what do we expect? And I haven't flown in a long time, not right. COVID related, just I haven't had the, the need to in a in a couple of years. What are we seeing with ticket price ticket prices? I mean, are they all sure. over the place? I remember hearing like you get great deals in the middle of the mm-hmm. pandemic, obviously, because they were just trying right. to get people you know, mm-hmm. into the planes. Where are we with that? Well, ticket prices are starting to go up. And again, I, you know, some people, you know, again, we keep hearing about inflation and all of this and people are saying, is this an inflation issue? You know, again, not enough, in a sense, more demand than supply. But I think in this case with airlines, ticket prices are going back up, but they're probably going back up to where they were in those pre-pandemic days. So while it's it's kind of crazy to think about, oh, I, you know, for me, I had flown from Philly to Utah that, oh, oh my God, you're flying round trip for 200 bucks. Now they're back up to $550, which that's an incredible increase from where they were a year ago. But that's what I was paying in a pre-pandemic era. So we are starting to see the prices go up. And I think that's to be expected. Again, as things get back to normal, prices are going to go back to normal. But again, if you look at a lot of the destinations and a lot of airlines, they are still putting out deals. I was looking at some of the stuff, especially about uh, destinations in Florida, and there's some great deals. I think Orlando right now is the most viewed or is going to be like the most frequented airport this summer, I guess, something with Disney. But there are definitely deals still out there. But I think the expectation that people should have is that tickets are going to go up. But again, it's not going up any further than what it was in, you know, before the pandemic hit. So it looks surprising. But when you think about it, you're like, that's what I was paying before. I just forgot that I was paying that before. Has anything changed forever as far as protocols, as far as ideas, either good or bad? You know, I'd be very curious to think about how long, you know, I know we've seen some new stuff with the mat, you know, when we should be masked from the CDC in the past week or two. So I'll be very interested to see how long these mass mandates remain in place in airlines. I mean, that could be something that lasts for a couple of years. But again, at least in my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, 
that builds confidence in the product. So, you know, the less and less, and not that we heard that many cases of this, but the less and less you hear about COVID spreading on a plane, that's going to get people more confident and more prepared to travel via plane and, and maybe some of these longer routes. So I would not be surprised if the mask mandates remain in place. You know, we're looking at right now, especially for more international travel, the idea of negative tests or being vaccinated. I think that very well, I, the testing stuff, maybe that's not here to stay, but the vaccination card and things like that, I, I think that's very much here to here to stay for the foreseeable future because countries and destinations just need to be, again, it's that mind is a power, powerful thing. They've got to make people that psychological feeling of, of feeling comfortable about a destination that I'm not going to get sick. I think that is key. So I think the mass stuff is probably here to stay for the foreseeable future until the global pandemic is more under control. And we don't know how long that's going to take. I think that vaccination card is going to be key. I would not be surprised if getting the negative test to access certain places uh, remains. Again, I was just looking at the news from the European Union and some countries are saying you just have to have the vaccine card and you're good to go. Some countries are still sticking with not only do you need the vaccine card, you need you need a negative test, you know, three days prior to arrival. And then let's say coming back to the States, you need a test three days prior to coming back to the States. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.